Hello everyone, welcome back to Arena On Air. This is Sky, and Sammy is joining me in the studio today. Hi! Today we had Joe Solosevich in the studio talking about costuming and design at Arena Stage. Enjoy! My name is Joe Solosevich. I'm the costume director here at Arena Stage at the Mead Center for American Theater. I have been here for 19 seasons. And I am in charge of all things that people wear that you see on stage and all crews that make those things and maintain those things. So dressmaking, tailoring, crafts, which is uh, dyeing fabric, painting fabric, jewelry, millinery, shoes, and then also wardrobe crew, wig crew, and then maintaining the stock. Why don't we start from the beginning, which I guess can start wherever you feel comfortable, but just what led you to this position? You know, it's an interesting question. The first thing that springs to mind is not about me as much as it's about Arena. I arrived just as Arena was turning 50 years old. So it was a pretty specific marker in Arena's history. And uh, as I said, I've been here for 19 seasons. Uh, Before then, I've worked... uh, and a bunch of different capacities doing several different things. I run wardrobe. I was a stitcher. I uh, did construction. I did tailoring. I did a wig-making internship there at Louisville. A little bit of everything, uh, so I could sort of at some time be jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, so to speak. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I wasn't certain that managing... A costume shop was the only thing I wanted to do. I was pretty sure that I also wanted to assist designers, but then also to design a bit. So over my time, I've done just about about as much as you can do. So in my time, uh, that's mostly professional experience. Um, Surprises some people that uh, I've never had any formal classes in costume design or technology. Um, I was going to school to be an engineer, and I had a work-study job working building a costume shop, actually, in uh, at my university. They basically had a room that was a pile of costumes, and they said, we need someone to organize it. I said, okay. I went and I organized it. All of a sudden, people said, do you have this? Do you have that? So I was starting to help people put together things. Before I knew it, we were making things. By the time I had left University of Dayton, I designed A Midsummer Night's Dream, where uh, we built all of the fairies. Uh, it was kind of remarkable. I did have some training in theater, uh, directing, acting, uh, also scenic design, and scene painting. So I thought that I would choose to be a scenic designer, but costumes chose me. I think that in my teens and 20s, you know, I played a lot of music, played a lot of jazz. I was a trumpet player, was also in orchestra pits. But uh, in my 20s, you know, I, I danced, I acted a little bit. I was never really any good. And I don't know, I just sort of always had an affinity for understanding clothes, understanding fabric, which is a strange thing to say, but it is a, a skill. And also, uh, it's just where I, I sort of ended up. I mean, I think that had I had a work-study job that was in the props department, maybe it'd be different. Or if I was doing scene painting or somehow 
But it just happened that in that first year at school, I found myself doing a lot of costume work and learned more about it practically. And I'm a big fan of learning things practically. I'm a big fan of internships and fellowships, a big fan of trying to be self-taught and to learn the things that you need to do to do do the job. For me, uh, it's one of the things that I love about theater is that every six weeks you get to learn about something new. Every time you start a play, you do a deep dive with research and dramaturgical analysis of anything, depending on what the period of the show is that you happen to be working on. So it's amazing to me that that's been the thing that consistently keeps me, I guess the word is engaged, ultimately uh, engaged to come to work every day and know that I'm still learning. You mentioned many other different parts of theater that you kind of worked with in your past. Is there any other aspect that you think you'll go back to one day or still have a passion or interest I don't for? See my, yeah, I don't see myself acting or dancing <laughs> okay. anytime soon. Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm not sure. You know, that's a, a fascinating question. I mean... It's interesting to have watched directors and worked with directors, especially of the caliber that arrive at Arena uh, to uh, set the shows here. I feel like that's been a huge honor just to sort of understand how all of these directors through time have approached their work, what they've prioritized, how they've made moments on stage. It's a whole education. I mean, ditto watching the choreographers. I mean, it's it's been a... A real treat just to see what people come up with and to work with them to see these big numbers come to life for different shows. Uh, I actually love that part of it. It's also the reason to be here at Arena Stage. Yeah. I, I feel that that word collaboration is not to be taken too lightly here. It's a fantastic environment in so many ways. The Mead Center alone is a wondrous place to come to work every day. But not only that, it's just the environment we get to be a part of. Can you break down for our listeners what a costume is? A costume is anything that a performer wears in performance. And that's what I'm in charge of. So anything that goes on a body, is it shoes, is it shirts, hats, suits, dresses, gowns, of course. But one of the things that's interesting is that through different time periods, silhouettes have changed, correct? So we start by undergarments and understructures, and people are always surprised to hear that we will provide foundation garments and understructures for the actors. So if you're doing a period show, you're getting period underwear, uh, corsets and petticoats and all of those sorts of things. I, I think that in addition to helping us show the silhouette of the period uh, that the actors are performing or, or trying to sort of live in the world of the play. It also informs their posture. It also informs their performance. So, for example, for a play like The Heiress, uh, we are starting with corsets and hoops and petticoats because it's what would have been done uh, in the day and also helps us get the shape that we need. Also, uh, for people who dance, there's a lot of things that we have to take into consideration. 
um, and working with any stage floor, most of our shoes are rubberized on the bottom, so to protect them from uh, uh, slipping, um, uh, we commission sort of everything that goes in in a fitting, so try to make sure as much as possible that everything fits and works well for the actor so that when they're out there telling their story and they're at their most vulnerable, they feel like they're wearing armor, ultimately, and can be in the world and be a part of the story. Should the audience notice the costume of the the actor? I generally don't think so. I sort of feel like the audience should be there to hear the story. So a good costume, in my humble opinion should be enough to set the period and the location of the action and help to tell the story without getting in the way. Have I seen costumes get in the way? <laughs> sometimes. Uh, sometimes there are things that are too in your face that are sort of a look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and maybe that's correct for the moment. But it is a dance to try to figure out what would be best for the storytelling. Absolutely. So you kind of started to touch on this, I think, earlier. Before it starts, when you find out you're doing the heiress, the team that starts to design and decide, I know that is attributed to the research they do, but ultimately, how is that crafted? All right, so the costume designer will draw a picture. They will draw a rendering of what they want that actor to look like in the costume. So we get that drawing... And it's up for us to figure out how to make it happen on time and on budget. An actor will have a set of measurements, we'll measure the actor, and then from there we have to figure out, all right, what are their support garments? So it would be, uh, for the heiress in that case, um, a floating hoop, a ruffled petticoat, a corset to support that hoop, but also to give them the silhouette of the period, Uh, what are the proper shoes, Then we'll make the mock-up from there so that uh, we'll make the practice version of the gown or or the suit or whatever it is that we're making to see how it operates. And that'll just be pinned on an actor, right? So when they make it for real, a lot of more expensive fabric, uh, all of the proper closures will be in real buttonholes or in some cases zippers or magnets, depending on any given quick change, so that uh, the costume actually looks like the period but functions for the needs of a quick change, for example, or a dance number in another case. And what's the time frame of that typically? So we will start in advance of a rehearsal process as much as we can. As soon as we have casting, we'll look into what we can get started on. Sometimes that's a week, sometimes that's six weeks, sometimes it's two months. Uh, We have four weeks with the actors in residence, so that first week is a flurry of mock-up fittings. Usually by week three, it's a flurry of of fittings of the real fabric, so we have enough time to finish it by the end of week four. We move in for technical rehearsals and are doing previews at the end of week five. Would you mind talking a little bit about the um, designer aspect of your work and maybe some shows that you've designed in the past, some of your favorites, or how that's really different from your everyday running of the costume shop and, you know, running around doing everything. It's fascinating. I think design is at the base of all of it. Doing regional theater, we're building these shows for our audience here in Washington, D.C. now. So our production of Anything Goes was for fall of 2018 with this company. And when you approach a show that way, uh, 
it's kind of freeing because you know exactly what the constraints are. The budgets are specific. The cast is specific. And you're able to uh, engage with a designer. And I work with designers from all over who come to you with dreams and say, can we make this happen? And being a fan of clothes and being a fan of great costumes, it's very easy for me to get carried away and say, that's a genius idea. Let's do this. Let's do that. We have this. We have that. This is how we can source it. This is how the amazing people in the costume shop can make these things come true. Working together with designers uh, is fantastic. When I design, and I've only done it a few times, um, I did Mother Courage and Her Children, directed by Molly Smith, uh, Snow Child, directed by Molly Smith, and probably my favorite of the three, The Originalist, which, again, directed by Molly Smith. It's been a joy. Each of those shows was completely different Um Nonetheless, all were approached with sincerity, right? To tell the most sincere story for our audience. And I sort of feel like in costumes in general, but also in how I approach work, either as a designer or an assistant to designers as we make their shows, that we approach it. What is the best story that we can tell as craftspeople? And also, what is the most sincere story that we can tell as craftspeople? And that's really it. You know, if you have good research and you use your resources correctly, and most importantly, if you're working with genius people, like the folks who are in the costume shop, how could you go wrong? In the costume shop, the staff that is there is remarkable. Then hand it over to the wardrobe crew and the wig crew, uh, who maintain these shows. It's a testament to the quality of the production work at Arena. Uh, another one of the big reasons why I like to be here. It's a reason why a lot of people like to come to design at Arena. They're good dressmakers. They're really good tailors. Uh, fantastic hat maker. Incredible wardrobe crew. It's a joy. So can you explain the difference between designing for an original piece like Kleptocracy and a show that you've done or that has been done multiple times like Oklahoma? I don't think that there's anything different in our process. We start with the script, right? So even though Oklahoma's been done hundreds of times across the country, across the world, I I think that our production here at Arena was Molly Smith's production designed by Martin Pacladinas. So with Martin being the costume designer's genius who since passed, Uh, but a friend of Arena and uh, designed here very early in his career, through the very end of his career, Um, a a designer that I respect very much. He had a very specific take on what our Oklahoma should be. I think that from that standpoint, it started with research. It started with the story that Molly wanted to tell. It started with the way Molly cast the show. I think Leptocracy is no different other than it happens to be a script that no one's done before. In some ways, if you're doing something the first time, uh, there's a joy because you don't have to put your spin on it. You can just do the story (laughs) as it needs to be. It's intriguing to me where some people approach a design by wanting to make it different just because they've seen other versions. They've seen other versions of, of what that show is or could be. And I don't know. I sort of feel like you have to honor the script. In the case of Oklahoma, is the same as in Kleptocracy, that, or the heiress that we're doing the script that we've been giving. How does Arena Stage want to do the show? How does this director want to do the show? How does this designer see the show happening? 
in Oklahoma, there's a dream ballet, right? Our dream ballet uh, for Molly uh, was all keyed in a very specific dream, acid green, uh, which came from a very specific color of the uh, smelling salts that she sold by the the peddler man, the uh, pharaoh's daughter, smelling salts. And so when she took a, a whiff of the smelling salts, she being Alicia Gamble as Lori, uh, all of a sudden everything in the world was somehow touched with that green that was just for our production. And in some ways, that arena, that's why I like to be here, that it's not just us redoing the same things that have been done elsewhere. Are we doing them just to be different? Mm, not really. It's still to honor a story, but it's in our method of storytelling, specifically in, in the vision of the director and the voice of the costume designers, which is incredible. Would you mind speaking a little to the um, kind of setup of the costume shop and all the people in it and then how that gets transferred to the wardrobe crew during the shows? And just are those the same people working backstage or is it how does that dynamic work? so, So here at Arena Stage, we have a wonderful crew. The crew starts pretty much with those who organize it, Sierra Cohn, who is the assistant in the costume shop, other assistants that we bring in who work to prepare the shows, making lists, organizing builds, scheduling, uh, working on budgeting. From then on, it moves out onto the costume shop floor uh, with the Drapers, Carol Ramsdell and Stephen Simon. They are the two people who make the patterns for most of the clothes that you see on stage. So they're actually deriving patterns. It's not like we go out to Joanne Fabrics and buy the patterns for these costumes. They're derived for our shows, specifically in our seasons. Um, There's a team of cutters, um, Mallory and Michelle, who are first hands, and they actually will cut the fabric and pass it along to people who stitch. Um, like Noel Borden. Then um, there's also a craft shop, Deborah Nash, who works on all the things that aren't clothing items. So hats, shoes, jewelry, um, dyeing, painting. Uh, She's a genius. Uh, Those people work together to assemble mock-ups of uh, the costumes that have been designed. So those are sort of practice versions made out of inexpensive fabric um, or inexpensive materials. So, for example, for a hat, it might be a tag board or inexpensive muslin, you know, to make these versions of the costumes. We'll fit those to make sure that we have the shape and the silhouette correctly and then go into the more expensive fabrics, which they'll then construct. It's almost like couture in a, in a way. I mean, I'm, some of it is couture, to be honest. It, it's kind of fantastic to see... Uh, We do use machines for some, but some is put together by hand. Um, So it was a lot of old-world technique uh, that meets theatrical trickery, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, once the show is fit and built, we tech it. So we go through a process where we see all of the clothes on stage in real time as they're intended under the lights. And they're commissioned in a way. So we see where hems are uneven or too long and see where costumes need to be rigged a different way because of quick change and that's kind of where the shop meets the wardrobe crew halfway the wardrobe crew takes over from there so they'll maintain the shows they're the ones doing all the quick changes and 
steaming all the gowns and pressing all the shirts and replacing all the missed buttons. Uh, so it's a huge operation. And costumes, our department runs on average 7 until probably 11.30 at night during a musical. Uh, it could be easily 6 a.m. to midnight that we have someone in the costume department making something happen for the current shows that are running or the next shows we're getting ready for. So overall, what are some of your favorite shows that you've worked on? It's funny. This is the second, actually the third time today uh, that I've been asked that question. Um, <laughs> lots, uh, of, <laughs> lots of high schoolers here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say um, the honest answer is always whatever I'm working on. It, it's easy to get engaged when you try to learn something new about mm-hmm. something you don't completely understand. Um, I think that here at Arena, the programming is so broad, and it's not just musicals, and it's not just classics, and it's not just Shakespeare. You know, it's not opera. It's not one thing. And that's what I love about it, that there's something different to be learned with each show that we work on. That being said, I mean, there are favorites. Oklahoma was near and dear to my heart. Memorable shows, you know, uh... Who could forget Sophisticated Ladies at Lincoln Theater? Being a part of some of the shows that went on and had a life, um, vividly remember Next to Normal and Dear Evan Hansen. But other shows that you wonder if people would remember, Heather Raffo's Nine Parts of Desire, which I, I must have seen, I think, 20 times. Uh, it's a fantastic performance, probably the best use of a costume ever. And she only wore one to play these nine women, and it, it, it was outstanding. I think um, that's kind of the great thing about Arena is there's almost too much good to remember. (laughs) Uh, From my standpoint, just about the time that I'm sort of ready to move on from the musical, there's a new play. And when I'm kind of done with the modern dress play, then maybe there's some uh, historical thing that we're working on that's a classic play. Certainly this season, uh, there's no end to the costumes. I sort of feel that the survey of clothes that we will have uh, from Anything Goes to Indecent to The Heiress to Kleptocracy to Jubilee. All, I mean, it, it, it's really a survey of two centuries of clothes across the world. It's uh, pretty <laughs> remarkable uh, to have the opportunity to uh, help to steer that to the stage. What is the, do you have a standout craziest request from a designer or just thing that maybe you didn't think was possible and you made possible or uh, I mean the challenges are where the fun is right I mean we've um, we've done a lot of nutty stuff um, we for a show called Tom Walker we wanted to use some actual bones to put on animal bones, I guess, to, to to put on the costumes. And so we basically collected people's leftover turkeys <sighs> from Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving had just had passed and oh really um, washed down all of the, the turkey bones and chicken bones or whatever. And we uh, really encased them in a, a number of materials that we were able to then put them on a costume, um, which was sort of strange but effective for what that needed to be Um, you know when we did there was a curandera and senior discretion himself and the director and the designer asked for a chicken's foot 
uh, a sort of voodoo-style chicken's foot to be on our costume. So there we were ordering a chicken's foot. There's a lot of tricks. It's tricky for me. People people are very interested to know how the tricks worked. Um, but I think that there's something fun of coming to see a show and just to be sort of like swept away or taken away mm-hmm. by it and the magic and the mystery behind it. There's an interesting thing that happens in life now where people just really want to know how everything is done immediately. There's all there's a YouTube video for everything. There's a how-to mm-hmm. for everything. There's whole cable channels about how to do whatever you need to do uh, at any given time. And the mystery of it in a performance is, is still part of the fun for me. I think, you know, we did the show The Fantastics and there were all of these magic tricks. We kept them secret because, you know, we did a lot of very magical quick changes and things that happened on stage in front of people's eyes where whole costumes changed in front of people's eyes. And I kind of love that there was mystery behind it. Was there a lot to figure out? You betcha. <laughs> but um, the fact that something like that could happen on stage and really, really take people by surprise was part of the fun. I guess looking forward, um, do you have any goals and additional dreams or shows you would love to work on or places you would love to work um, that you would want to share? In terms of places uh, that I'd want to work, it's not something that I've necessarily considered. I think home is home. An arena feels like mm-hmm. home to me. I've been here 19 seasons. Uh, we've built so much over the time that I've been here. It's not something there's necessarily a lot of time for when we come to work here. You know, our schedule is pretty packed with a lot to get done, which suits me. Um, I sort of feel that better to have more to do than less sometimes. There is a lot to focus on, but in terms of shows that would be a dream to do, listen, I, I we've done so many. Um, again, Oklahoma, Sophisticated Ladies, and now the season Anything Goes were three of the big ones that were on my list. Um, it's always a, a good time for me to do the, the big classic musicals, so those are fun. I, I think it really is just whatever's next. Yeah. Yeah. If you had one piece of advice to give someone that would want to try something new, maybe like costuming or, you know, getting involved in designing, what would it be? You have to listen first to be able to tell a story, ultimately. And my job, we spend so much time listening to directors, to actors, to designers, to the staff who are the makers of, of these costumes, and I sort of feel that You can't do it unless you can first listen, really sort of take it all in, consider it. Then once it's fully considered, the plays speak for themselves. You know, the story has to come first. And it's an interesting thing for me to to think about. Storytelling matters, you know, and and how we tell stories uh, is more than just the words that come out of our our mouths. I've always said, I think... Uh, shoes tell a bigger story about people than than sometimes their name. You know, just look at people and see the shoes that they're wearing and learn and understand more about them than them introducing themselves. We share a lot just by uh, uh, what we put on every day. I guess rounding back to a little bit of what Sky touched on, and we talked a little bit in the beginning, but you're someone who didn't originally see themselves in this role. What do you have to say to 
people in college or young adults or people who are making that decision right now for themselves? It's not easy. It really isn't easy. I, I'm not sure that there really is an easy path for figuring out what you want to be when you grow up. I mean, it's funny to hear you ask these questions about, like, what are your dreams as you uh, move forward? For me personally, I'm a dad, and, and that takes such a big part of my life. And for me, uh, the dream necessarily... For me, the dream isn't necessarily the show that I'm working on as much as having my daughter come in and experience the shows that we've worked on. Having her be able to come in and see uh, Anything Goes and see the, the audience explode and sing along and, and tap her feet brings me great pleasure. For the Joe Solosevich who was just coming out of school 20 years or something years ago, I think the advice that I wish I had been given was that it's probably the advice that I give now to most fellows, which is advice that my mom and my dad constantly gave me. My mom always would say, bloom where you're planted. Uh, no matter where you are, you have to do your, uh, do your job and do your best to be able to be your best wherever you are. There's no reason to do otherwise. Bloom where you're planted, which I think is great advice. And from my father, he would always chime in and say, but it'll come and it'll go. Um, to look for those opportunities, you know, and those opportunities aren't always going to be there. So I think pretty good advice from a mom and a dad. And now that I'm a dad, uh, it's definitely something that I share with my daughter quite often and I think can be applied to just about anyone. With theater, uh, it is a collaborative art. Uh, you can't do it unless you're a collaborator, and that's key. And people look to work with collaborators. Uh, it's very rare that someone has success in this field uh, by being closed-minded or by being selfish. Uh, very rare. And I, I think that that collaborative spirit is um, inherent in how we pass along our traditions in theater. It's one of the things that I'm drawn to, being able to pass along the tricks of the trade and to uh, see other people learn things for the first time that I've I've learned through my many years working in many formats in the theater. So, yeah, it it it, it is uh, fragile. You, you don't get, even if you were to redo a show, especially if you were to redo a show, somehow it wouldn't be the same. It could be better, it could be worse, it could be just as good, but it won't be the same. And uh, being in the moment is kind of what theater is all about, you know? I mean, if you can go see a movie and see the same thing over and over, there's something special about a live performance and being in that moment with those people. And is that the spirit of collaboration? Is that the spirit of theater? Uh, maybe. I have always just known it was for me. Also, I think advice that I would give to people is why not give it a try? You know, anything that you only do as a hobby will only be a hobby, right? Uh, and it's worth it to, if it matters to you, to try uh, the people that I get to work with here are one of the reasons why I'm here and why I'm here. Uh, we always make a big deal about the number of years of service uh, just in costumes alone to arena stage because there's so many of us who've been here, some for over 40 years uh, in the same uh, shop. It's kind of special. It's very special. And not only that, now with the Mead Center, to be able to come to this environment to work every day it is a privilege I, I uh, 
I can't imagine um, can't imagine working anyplace else. Well, thank you so much thank you for being on Arena on Air.